got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here, back from the channel being deleted. Guys, we have a fantastic show lined up for you today. I cannot wait to jump into it. If you guys are wondering what we're going to be talking about today, right now, Bitcoin has an inverse, excuse me, a normal head and shoulders pattern printing on its daily chart. We're going to be discussing, does that mean that Bitcoin is going to have a major correction or following the last couple of minutes of rally here on Bitcoin, are we going to continue moving to the upside? There is quite a bit of technical analysis that we need to cover in today's live stream. We are really looking forward to it. If you do enjoy today's video, consider liking the video and also consider subscribing if you would like to get more content just like this. But I am joined, as always, by my co-host and your president, T.A. Tam. How you doing, Tam? I, I'm doing good. I, I even posted on Twitter this morning. It was a hard weekend with Virginia Tech's loss, but the good news about this kind of a loss is we're getting a new coach soon. So. Yeah, woo! Woo! You gotta find the wins where you can get them, you know. Boom. Yeah, and also uh, I like to find my wins when we hey, actually hey, win. So. We're also joined by Smay. How you doing, Smay? Yeah, now, what's now the Daniel you one? So Smay, you that's always talk nice. during my introduction. So. It's true. Why do you do that? And then you complain at us for not introducing. Because sometimes you. I don't get introduced at all. I, what? what? You never give I have us to, a chance. I, I have to fight for my my spot. Anyways, guys, uh, <laughs> West Virginia won, so I'm pretty happy. And the Celtics also won last night, so I'm also extra happy. So uh, yeah, that's pretty go. nice. Uh, hi everybody, and also just to shout out our members real quick. I want to do. I want to shout out Jeb. Actually, I'm gonna send this over to you. I want you to shout out the people in the Hall Trophy since you won this week. Boom sauce. I will do that, guys. If you don't know, I won the Hall Trophy last week. I'm going to shout out all of our grandmasters. Shout out to Adam Rorick. Shout out to Matt C. Shout out to Tommy Lou. Shout out to Edward Hess. Shout out to Rick4962, Yard Dog, up in Knoxville, Tennessee, where I used to live. Shout out to Daniel Walton. I thought that said Denzel Washington for a second. It's Daniel Walton. Shout out to Screwhead and Dennis Pizarka. I got it Woo. right the first time. How about that? Shout out to all of our members. Thank you very much to everybody who is a part of the channel. And by the way, for everybody who's part of the channel, you might be interested in the webinar that we're running on the 29th. Sign up for it. There's not a lot of seats left. We are going to be doing a teaching on a bunch of basic chart formations. That's only going to be about 10 to 15, 20 minutes. And then the main part of the webinar will be me interacting with you guys. We'll get to talk back and forth. You guys will get to ask me any question that has been burning on your mind. So make sure to check the link down below. Those seats are going fast. I want to see you guys in the webinar. It is always a great pleasure whenever we get to meet you guys. We have quite a bit to cover today. So we're going to go ahead and jump straight into it, guys. Bitcoin right now is rallying. And in fact, we're going to start on my chart down here on the minute chart. Normally, we start on the daily chart, but right now we're going to be starting on the minute chart. Let's make sure I didn't unplug that. There we go. Over the last 15 minutes or so, Bitcoin has been having a major rally. Ever since 9.10 this morning, Bitcoin is rallying from $62,600, up 1.14%. Over the last 22 minutes, Bitcoin has rallied to $63,300. But zooming out to the daily chart, there are several things that I want to point out to you. Number one, Bitcoin has been in a major uptrend for the last month. We know that. But the thing that I'm really excited about over the last week is that Bitcoin has actually managed to consolidate. We've been moving sideways for nine days. And you might think, Jeb, why is that a good thing? Shouldn't we want to be breaking all-time high? Well, one, we did break all-time high. We broke 65000 and moved all the way to 67000 So we technically did break all-time high. But the second point I want to make here is that it's a very good thing that Bitcoin has been trading sideways for the last two weeks or the last week and a half because that's 
that's what generally happens when you're about to break all-time high. The rally pauses for a second, catches its breath, and then continues moving to the upside. And that's going to kind of be the theme of today's show. Bitcoin is very healthy right now, but it just needs to take a little bit of a breather. There are some bearish technicals that we're going to discuss here in our second segment coming up at the top of the hour. But for the most part, things are looking pretty bullish on Bitcoin. So let's jump into our candlestick analysis and run through all of our technicals. For all of you guys who are new here, the way that we run this show... We start off with our first segment, which is going to run till 9.55, five minutes before the top of the hour. On all of our bullish technicals, I have literally two pages of notes over here that we need to run through. Then we're going to do a five-minute intermission where we're going to read Super Chats. We're going to interact with you guys. Then we're going to run into our bearish technicals from the top of the hour to about 10.10. And then after that, Tim and I are going to discuss what cryptocurrency looks like. And we're also going to discuss the channel getting deleted yesterday. So make sure you stay tuned for that if you want to see us talk about that. But first and foremost, we got to dive into our bullish TA. The first thing I want to show you here on the daily chart is this. Over the last three days, there have been some very important candlestick formations. Namely, there's been a bullish engulfing candlestick formation right here with a small red green can uh, small red candlestick followed by an engulfing green candlestick. Now, of course, today's green candlestick has not closed yet, but I would be very surprised if it closed below 61,300, which is the level that it would have to to not be a bullish engulfing candlestick. On top of that, there's also a red green, uh, excuse me, a green red green formation here on Bitcoin. And looking back in the history of Bitcoin, whenever we see a formation like this, such as right here, or if we go further back, such as, let me find another example, such as right here, these are all green, red, green formations. They typically are pretty bullish for Bitcoin. Normally, they show up in the second half of an uptrend. They indicate that the bears are trying to take back control, but that they are failing. We've seen them show up many times. Here's another example right here. A, couple of, a lot of these examples actually do show up towards the end of the trend, but in general, these are bullish. And sometimes they are reversal patterns like we're seeing right here. So that's actually a very bullish thing as far as technicals go down here on the candlesticks. Now, another thing I want to show you here is this one candlestick right here. This is yesterday, Sunday's candlestick. I'll go to a clean chart really quickly and just kind of show you what I'm talking about. We have this red candle body right here and then this long lower shadow. What is that? That is a hammer formation. We saw one show up right here and we've also seen others show up in the past such as right here. These are generally bullish patterns and they signal that the bottom may be in. This signals to us that the bears tried to push us all the way down to 59,500 and the bull said, nope, actually we are not going to be pushed down that far. We are still feeling bullish. So this is quite a good sign. Definitely something that you want to be paying attention to. On top of that, let's look at the bullish, uh, excuse me, not the bullish, the Bollinger Bands. The Bollinger Bands, as you guys know, have been widening or had been widening for quite some time. And then Thursday of last week, we talked about how the Bollinger Bands were starting to constrict on themselves. And you might think this is a bearish thing. You might think, okay, volatility is dropping off. This means that Bitcoin is moving into bearish territory. I say that's not the case. I think the fact that the Bollinger Bands are constricting is a very good thing, and here's why. Bitcoin rallied for three weeks straight. In fact, the exact number of days that Bitcoin rallied was exactly 21. In 21 days, Bitcoin rallied $26,500 and sixty. 4% breaking all-time high. That is a very good sign. It means that the bulls are in charge, but here's the problem. Bitcoin had almost no consolidation during that time. Bitcoin did nothing but rally, 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 rally. It needed to stop for gas. The bulls were running on empty. They needed to stop at a gas station. They needed to fuel up the car. The forest fire needed to come through and have a controlled burn to reset the forest. These are all analogies I've used many times that you guys are familiar with if you stuck around the channel. Bitcoin needed time to consolidate. The fact that the Bollinger Bands are constricting, you might think is a bearish thing, but I'd say it's a bullish thing. And the reason is, is because it indicates that we're losing volatility for a little while 
which we needed to do, allowing us to consolidate, allowing us to reset, allowing us to trade sideways, allowing the bulls to take their profits, allowing everything to reach equilibrium. And that's kind of the word that we're pointing at here, the word equilibrium. The market is finding a new healthy state up here just above $60,000. It's a very good thing. Now, on top of that, there are a few more things here on the daily chart that I want to show you. The first one shows up down here on the RSI. Take a look at this. There's an uptrending level of support right here on Bitcoin, and there's a downtrending level of support right here on the RSI. This is what is known as bullish RSI divergence. And I had a very good conversation with T. Shrim, who is one of the people on our research team this morning. And I was explaining to him why this bullish RSI divergence is important. Here's why bullish RSI divergence is important. Take a look here. One, we saw this bottom right here at 53,000 have to only pull back down to 67 on the RSI. What does that mean? Well, that basically means that sitting up here at 54,000 indicates that we are very, very high on the RSI. But now, over the last couple of days, we're sitting at $60,000 and we managed to correct farther on the RSI. That means that we are more comfortable right here at $60,000. That means that it is easier to sit at $60,000 right now than it was for us to sit at $54,000 just two weeks ago. That's why bullish RSI divergence is important because it indicates that this bottom is easier to maintain than this one was despite the fact that this bottom was lower than this one. So that's why bullish RSI divergence is important. That's why we look at it so much. That's why it shows up so much. It gives us an idea of where the market is happy and healthy. Right now, the RSI divergence is saying that we are happy and healthy right where we are. Now, on top of that, there is another trend line that I want to show you that's really important. And it actually dates all the way back to at least January 2021. And it looks like this. Take a look at this trend line. We have a flat, we have a uh, pivot point, a set uh, pivot point right here. This is the beginning of this trend line. And in fact, you can draw it further back into the past and it does retain relevance. You can see it hits some of these levels back over here, like these resistances, these support and resistances. That's kind of stretching it though. So I'm just going to start this trend line right here in January of this year. This is what's known as the set point. That is the beginning of the trend line. Excuse me, that's the, called the pivot point I call it. That's my terminology that I've been using for a couple of years. And then we have the set point over here. This point right here sets the degree of the trend line. If the set point was up here, for example, then the trend line would look like this. If the set point was down here, for example, then the trend line would look like this. But in this case, it's right in the here. If we go ahead and extrapolate out this trend line, we can see that we found resistance on it quite a bit over the last couple of months, specifically in August. But now we've managed to break above it. And now over the last four days, we've been using it as support. Very good sign indicates that the bottom that we found is healthy and that we are pretty uh, happy about. Now, moving down to the four hourly chart, there's a few more things I want to show you. The first thing to show you is on the MACD. Take a look here at the MACD. We did have a bullish cross about 16 hours ago on MACD. That signals that we're moving to the upside and that we are very healthy. On top of that, we can look at the RSI right here. And we can see that the RSI reversed a downtrend that reached all the way down to 36.5. That indicates that the market is healthy. That indicates that the market did not need to go over here into oversold territory. Uh, that indicates that the bulls are strong. That indicates quite a lot about the strength of the bulls and the bears, and it's definitely a good signal. On top of that, take a look at this. We're only at 57 on the RSI on the four-hourly chart. That means we have a lot more room to run. This market is not done yet. We are. We did see the market rally all the way up to 67, uh, 67,000 on the price action. That moved the RSI all the way up to 77. And that meant that the market was a little overextended. That means that the bulls were going a little farther than they probably should have been. But now we're not worrying about that. The RSI is healthy. Definitely something to take a note of. Another thing to look at here is the VPVR. 
Remember, guys, we're going through the daily, the four-hourly, then the hourly. We're going to put a bow on all this in a second so that you guys can walk away and not just be like, oh, I just got, I just drank out of a fire hose for all the different technical indicators. I promise you, I'm going to wrap this all up, make it nice and easy to articulate, but I need to give you the data first. We can also see that we're on top of the VPVR point of control. The point of control is the highest level on the VPVR. This means that the market sat up here on top of this hill, and instead of rolling down the hill to the downside, the market rolled up the hill to the downside, if that makes any sense. The market doesn't like sitting on top of a peak on the VPVR. It likes being either on top or below. Over the last four hours, six hours, eight hours, we've seen the market start moving to the upside, and that is a good sign. Now, on top of that, looking down here on the four-hourly chart, we can see that there was a bullish engulfing candlestick that marked this bottom down here about 24 hours ago. Small red candlestick followed by large green candlestick, and from there, the market has seen six green candlesticks in a row. Although I will point out these two large upper wicks, those could indicate that the bears are regaining strength. Now, a few more technicals before we look at Lux Algo and Market Cipher down on all of our time frames. The number one thing I want to show you on the one hourly chart is that there's actually more bullish RSI divergence. In this case, there's a downtrending level of support right here, uptrending level of support right there. This is what's known as bullish RSI divergence, and it is the thing, in my opinion, that is driving this rally over the last 24 hours, and I think that it is going to continue as a result of that. On top of that, if we look here at, uh, I'm looking at the the uh, VPVR, actually. The VPVR, I also want to mention, guys, down here on the one-hourly chart, you just get a little bit more detail on the point of control. You can see we rejected from it here at $62,000 on the 23rd of October. Over the last 24 hours, we have managed to get above that. So that's all of our normal technical analysis. Really quickly, though, I want to dive into our Lux Algo and Market Cipher indicators. If you guys don't know, we are sponsored by Lux Algo and Market Cipher. They're both phenomenal indicators. You can find the link for them down below. The first one I want to show you is Lux Algo. Take a look here at the EQ cloud on Lux Algo. If you go into your Lux Algo, turn here onto your settings, turn EQ cloud on and off here in the indicator overlay under inputs you will get this. This is the EQ cloud, and it's something I've been researching a lot in the Lux Algo indicator pack. It's really cool, and if you look back on the history here, whenever it is widening, as we can see like right here, or right here, or right here, or even right here, that generally means that the market is about to go into an uptrend. If you take a look here at these cases, the market either immediately or within the next couple of weeks went into an uptrend. Here, we were already kind of towards the end of it. It's a bit of a lagging indicator, albeit, but both of these widenings did indicate that we were going to go into an uptrend at some point, and eventually we did. We can see the same thing happening right over here. So in general, this EQ cloud widening is something that I take pretty seriously, and we can see over the last little while, the EQ cloud has been widening again and started widening again back around the middle part of October. That indicates that we are moving to the upside, and we're quite happy about that. Now, looking down to the four-hourly chart, something that is a little more familiar to our users of Lux Algo. You might notice that there was a buy signal just now on the Lux Algo four-hourly chart. Now, depending on where this candlestick closes, this Lux Algo buy signal might not be valid, but for right now, it is still here, and I think it is going to end up coming to pass. I think that Bitcoin is going to continue this rally, and we're going to talk about why later on in the stream. But again, we're trying to go over all of our data for right now. Now, another thing to show you is what's known as the trend catcher on Lux Algo. This is one of my favorite pieces of Lux Algo because it actually calls the tops and bottoms of markets pretty well. You can see right up here, the trend catcher, this little staggered line right here, turned red two candlesticks before the sell signal even came in. I found this trend catcher to be the leading indicator 
and it signaled that we were moving to the downside right here. On top of that, if you look back into history, you can see a lot of times it will reverse at the very top of the market right here, or it will confirm or sometimes even proceed uh, come before the strong buy signal or sell signal. So I'm pretty happy about this. Right now it is red, but if Bitcoin manages to stay above 63,000 and rally much farther, then this trend catcher is likely to reverse and start moving to the upside. Definitely something that I am excited about. Now, another thing I want to show you here on the four hourly chart Lux oscillator, this is another part of the Lux indicator package is that it looks like we bottomed on the Lux Oscillator. We've seen two bottoms right here, and a lot of times when you see this happen, it means that you're going to be going into an uptrend at some point soon, and I think that that is what's going to happen. I am pretty confident that the Lux Oscillator is giving us a buy signal, a signal that we're going to move to the upside. Now, one more thing that I want to show you on the one-hourly chart having to do with Lux Algo and Lux Oscillator. Down here on the one hourly chart, we actually saw a green dot come in on the Lux Oscillator. These are pretty powerful dots. They're very, very important. They're not exactly buy and sell signals, but you can kind of read them that way. The fact that we've seen a green dot is very encouraging. And same thing here with the trend catcher. We are turning bullish. All right, let's take a breather. What's going on here? I'm going to look at Market Cypher here in a second because there's some news that, that I want to go into with that. And then there's some more actual news that we want to jump into. What I'm seeing on the market right now is that Bitcoin is attempting a recovery from its support around $60,000. You can see it right here. We've been doing it for the last 24 hours. This rally comes after a secondary downtrend that we saw come in starting on the 20th of October. Bitcoin has been in a small downtrend for about four days, and right now it looks like we're trying to reverse this. There are some important resistance levels that we need to be aware of. One of them, in my opinion, sits at 63000 This level touches right here on the 15th of October and also these levels right over here. And it also is pretty close to the point of control on VPVR. It also, by the way, happens to be the neckline of the inverse of the head and shoulders pattern that we seem to be forming, along with the level of support being down here at 59.5, making up the neckline. I think right now Bitcoin is in a very important decision point. Based on all the technicals that I'm seeing, daily chart, four hourly, hourly chart, I think that Bitcoin is pretty bullish, but what it needs to do is it needs to break above this flat level of resistance at 63,000. If it manages to do that, then I think we'll be heading back up to all-time high. On top of that, the fact that we've done all of this sideways trading over the last nine days is actually a very bullish thing, and we shouldn't be concerned about it. We should actually be very happy for it. So those are the conclusions I'm drawing so far, but let's also look at another indicator of ours. Taking a look here at the market cipher, I will go ahead and show you, we're seeing some interesting signals. Number one, if you guys know how to read this, you'll know that the momentum has been moving to the downside, but just over the last day, it looks like momentum may be reversing. Take a look at the lighter blue and the darker blue right here. It looks like they might be converging. That's a good sign. The momentum could be moving to the upside pretty soon. Over the last day, we're also seeing the money flow start moving to the upside and the VWAP is moving up along with the RSI. This is not necessarily a buy signal just yet coming out of market cipher, but it does mean that we might be seeing some kind of buy signal relatively soon. It is a bullish setup, but I would personally give this another day to get a little bit more confirmation before making any trades on it. Looking down at the four hourly chart, it's a lot more clear. The four hourly chart, the money flow is moving to the downside, which is not necessarily something that we're too happy about, but we do have a green dot down here. Momentum's moving to the upside. RSIs are moving to the upside. And VWAP is very, very high up here above the zero level. This means that technically the, the entry was probably about 8 to 12 hours ago, but it still seems like a decent place. It's still kind of a bullish posture. It's a little bit uh, indecisive, you might say. But in general, it's bullish. It's just you may have missed the train on that one because it looks like the buy signal and the buy setup was a little while ago. Similar things showing up here on the one hourly chart, guys. The money flow reversed are moving to the upside. VWAP moved above the zero level. Money or excuse me, momentum moved way to the 
upside. RSI moved to the upside. This was a bullish setup 12 to 16 hours ago. At this point, it has already passed. I would be careful about making a bullish trade down here on the one hourly chart, on the four hourly chart. Market cipher is kind of telling us, yeah, we had our bullish movement, kind of kind of called this movement to the upside, but we're probably going to stop out and pause up here below 63,000 for a little while before finally breaking in. So what we're seeing from Lux Algo, what we're seeing from Market Cipher, what we're seeing from all of our technical analysis right now, Bitcoin looks bullish, looks like it's poised to break above 63,000, looks like it needed to have nine or tw nine to 10 days of sideways movement. But now that it's had it, it looks like it might be getting set up for an all-time high breakout again in the next week. However, if you look at the hourly chart, it might not be quite ready just yet. Now, with that said, we also have a couple of articles over here that I want to show you and a tweet from none other than our very own Kelly Kellum. The first article that I want to look at over here has to do with the CME open interest. The CME Bitcoin open interest surges to record $5.4 billion following ETF launches. This is pretty important. According to analytics provider Glassnode, open interest on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange has skyrocketed to an all-time high of $5.44 billion. Open interest, or OI, is a measurement of the total number of outstanding, uh, outstanding derivatives contracts, futures in this case that have not been settled. Glassnode added that open interest has increased by almost $4 billion in October, a growth of 265% since the end of September, which has in part been driven by the BITO ETF product. SKU Analytics is reporting a slightly higher figure of $5.6 billion for CME, which governs the contracts for the two newly launched Bitcoin ETFs. Binance is a close second with an OI of $5.4 billion. Why is this important? The reason that this is important is because, as you guys know, two new ETFs have launched, and we are seeing a lot of bullishness coming into the space. In fact, BITO, which was the largest Bitcoin, uh, excuse me, which was the first Bitcoin ETF, one of the largest launches for an ETF in history, has made a massive movement in the cryptocurrency space. A lot of people are very, very excited about it, and I think that it is actually having to do with some of the bearishness, some of the low volume that we've seen in the last few days. We're going to dive into that a little bit later. But for right now, before we get to that, the point I'm making here is that this open interest over on these exchanges is very bullish. Why? Because it means that there's a lot of money flowing into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And I do understand that these are derivatives products that don't directly affect the price action of Bitcoin. I very much would like them to be cash settled, physically backed products. Unfortunately, they're not. But the fact remains that this high volume means that there is more investor interest in cryptocurrency right now than there ever has been. And even though there's not a lot of volume going on on native cryptocurrency exchanges like Bitfinex, Coinbase, Binance, a lot of these other exchanges, there is a ton of derivatives market going uh, a ton of trading and volume going on on the derivatives market which indicates that there's a lot more old money coming into the space it indicates that there's a lot more institutional money coming into the space and if they are not necessarily investing in bitcoin right now you can you can believe that they will be in the future so it is overall a bullish story, although I do understand that it's not as bullish as it could be if these were cash settled. Now, another thing I want to show you shows up over here on Kelly's Twitter. He says this, hashtag Bitcoin on-chain metrics and bullish pressure is still incredibly strong as shown by these two charts. As you can see in the PUL multiple and the MVRV Z-score, both have incredible amounts of headroom to the upside before we even enter a top danger zone. Hashtag bullish, hashtag bullish. By the way, make sure to go follow Kelly on Twitter. He tweets like a dozen times a day. He's always dropping amazing factoids and he is is part of our research team, so make sure to go support him. He's at 2,500 followers. I want to see him get to 3,000 here in the next couple of days. But looking here at the charts, we can look at the PUL multiple. Again, as usual, I don't have time to go into how this is calculated. You can see it right up here. It's not that complicated of a calculation. This red zone up here, Whenever Bitcoin goes into this zone, it's generally at the top of a market. We've only seen it happen four times in history. Number one, we saw it happen in 2011 when we hit an all-time high of, what was that, $120. I was not around at that time. Uh, then we saw it happen a couple more times in 2013 and late 2013 when Bitcoin hit all-time high. 
twice, and then we saw us rally all the way up into the red zone of the PUL multiple at the end of 2017. Taking a look here, you can see that we are nowhere near the red zone on Bitcoin's PUL multiple. In fact, we are very low on it at levels comparable to where Bitcoin was when it was trading at $10,000 when the all-time high was at uh, $20,000, and we were trading at $600 in comparison to a $1,200 all-time high. Based on where we've been previously, we could predict based off of this chart that the all-time high, the eventual all-time high for this bull market, is at least twice as high as where we are right now. Moving on, although, we can also look at the MVRV score. Again, I'm not going to go through how this is all calculated. You can see the calculation up here. Very similar thing, guys. It gives us a red zone up here. says, hey, if we jump into this red zone, then we're probably at the end of a bull market. Take a look at where we are right now. We are at very low levels levels comparable to where we were at when we were at two to three thousand dollars when the all-time high eventually would be twenty thousand dollars or comparable to where we were at when we were at eight or nine thousand dollars when the eventual all-time high would be sixty five thousand dollars we have a lot of room to run that's the long-term outlook with this and that's exactly what you need to understand now one final kind of talking point here i want to mention we're not going to go into a lot of detail on this in this show but it is something i want to tell you about <laughs> ethereum has an update coming what's happening uh, altair is a block is a beacon chain upgrade to help transition the network away from proof of work. The beacon chain is a proof of stake chain running on mainnet parallel to the proof of work chain. You guys probably know this if you're following Ethereum. I'm a big Ethereum holder. There is the Ethereum 2.0 update coming hopefully in the next 6 to 12 months and this is an update that should be coming out this week. Altair that uh, should be helping to transition the Ethereum chain over to proof of stake and over to the Ethereum 2.0 uh, update. So this is a pretty big deal. Not going to go into a lot of detail on it here. Just wanted to kind of bring that to your attention. Now that said, guys, we're going to go into a segment here for the next five to six minutes, and we're going to read some super chats. We are going to talk about. Uh, we're going to read some super chats. We're going to respond to the chat and everything, and yeah. uh, you know, see how you guys are doing. So let's do it real quick, Jeb. And you can even look at the notes while I'm doing this. I'm going to go and read the headlines. There was some breaking news that I just one got of the a super text. chats uh, from Kelly talks about and the headline is it's from cnbc saying mastercard says any banker merchant on its vast network can soon offer crypto services when you read down it talks about how this includes bitcoin wallets credit and debit cards that earn rewards in crypto and enable digital assets to be spent and loyalty programs where airline or hotel points can be converted into bitcoin so this again I, this was not here this morning when we planned the stream, this article, when he posted it, was nine minutes old. Yeah. So this is a very, very exciting. Just to add I got on it to up everything right here. bullish. No, that's huge, about. guys. And that's what I'm talking about. Look, the, the fact of the matter is there is so much bullishness in the cryptocurrency space right now that if you're bearish or if you're thinking about selling the market right now or if you're thinking about cashing out, look, that's your decision. I am not your financial advisor. I would never claim to be. I do encourage you to get a CPA who understands cryptocurrency. My point here is this. Right now, the bullishness that is in Bitcoin is absurd. And there are bearish technicals that we're going to talk about here in the next couple of minutes, but you should not be worried about them. You should not be worried about Bitcoin going down to twenty dollars or $30,000. Why? Because Bitcoin just confidently set $60,000 as a bottom. That's why. In my opinion, I think $60,000 is going to hold. Maybe we go down to fifty-five. dollars Maybe we have a little bit of sideways trading for the next couple of weeks. In fact, I think we will have some sideways trading for the next couple of weeks. But I don't think we're ever going to see a sub-$50,000 Bitcoin again. I've been wrong in the past. I'll be wrong again in the future. That's how being a human is. But I think that the bottom is in, and uh, we're going up from here. Yeah. Let me see. Full we screen. got uh, some super chats here from Revived Woodworks saying, could you do a review of Cartesi and Crypto Espresso on Crypto Espresso? Everybody wants me to look at Cartesi. There's been a lot of... <laughs> 
hype around that project. So I'm not going to be able to do it in Crypto Espresso because the whole point of Crypto Espresso is to kind of wrap up what we've done here. But maybe in Crypto Bytes, which is our six o'clock show, I can look at that at some point in the future. No promises, but I will look into it. Gotcha. We got one from Darth Flyer saying, y'all came at me last week, but my buy in Shiba allowed me to buy more Bitcoin. LOL. Cheers. Yeah. Shiba hit an all time high over the weekend. Great. I'm is what I heard. Never going to root against someone having no, a successful weekend. No, good for you, weekend. man. Heck yeah. Uh, he also wanted to, to chime in, go dogs. Uh, you know, Darth Flyer, I'm okay with that comment. <laughs> if you can prove to me that you've been a Georgia fan for longer than like three or four years. <laughs> Smay's brother, for example, mm. out of nowhere just switched uh, <laughs> because his fiance is a Georgia fan, which is the most bandwagon move I've ever seen. <laughs> He's a traitor. It's, He's it, a traitor. He used traitor. to be a, what, a Marshall fan? So that's, uh, yeah. I mean, not traitor. much better. Yeah. It was, yeah. Anyway, hey guys, by the way, let's pump these likes. We only got 750 likes and nearly 4,000 people watching. I think we can get to 1,200, 1,300 likes here before Absolutely. we move into the next segment. So go ahead and hit that like button if and only if we are providing content that you think is valuable. We, we do have a name here and the first name I know I'm going to um, butcher. Uh, this is a different language. The last name I think is just Singh but the first name Ikubal I think uh, my favorite segment. Tim tries to pronounce names. I, yeah, I will only say God is great. Um, wanted to thank you for that one. Uh, let's thank go. You. Let's see what we have here. Uh, oh man, I'm gonna skip that one. I, I'm until I read it better because I think that one might be trying to catch me. Uh, let's see. Do you have a name? Is here? your refrigerator running? Kind of thing. Yeah. Someone someone else talked about Cartesi. <laughs> oh, it might have been the same chat. Someone I got a chuckle out of Taylor again. over there in the corner. Gosh, Mike Goodman, Tim. Sorry you had to take an L from my Orangeman. I think he means Orangeman, which is Syracuse. And you know what, guys? Listen, if you want to celebrate when you win, you also have to just own up when you lose. We lost. <laughs> Freaking that quarterback from Syracuse played his butt off. He deserved the win. I'm just excited that we get to move on from this new coach, or this <laughs> old coach. Rick4962 just wanted to donate, so thank you so Let's much. Go, Rick. Thank you very much. And uh, we just had one coming from Zachy Z, or I mean, it was just posted on my little page here, saying, I love the ADA bots. There's a reason why they have so much hate. Buy the dip. I appreciate everything you guys do, seriously. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, the chat has been going off about ADA. Uh, quick thought, Jeb, before we move on. What are your thoughts about what's happening in, in Cardano right now? Cardano is in a giant... I can show you on the chart. Cardano is in a giant symmetrical triangle pattern, and when this thing breaks out, the volatility is going to come back, but it hasn't broken out yet. Right now, Cardano is like a coiled spring. I use this analogy quite a bit because it's a very, in my opinion, helpful analogy. The coiled spring right now of Cardano is coiling up and and you know getting closer and closer and closer, and Cardano wants to break out. It just doesn't have the catalyst yet to allow it to break out. So I think we're going to see a big breakout relatively soon. <laughs> We just haven't yet, and I think it's going to come along with some increased volatility in the rest of the crypto space. This is what I will say for any Cardano hater or Cardano lovers to support what you think. I'm The chart showed about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, the charts, the TA, which is not always 100% right, showed that Cardano could have dropped all the way down as low as $1.77. Yep. That is what it showed. The strength of that community, despite the fact that it's in kind Holding of a up. boring, bearish mode right now, Hashtag have again. kept it above $2. So that's actually strength. Just so you guys know, I just entered a trade. I don't know if anything's going to happen, but I have this inkling, this feeling something in Cardano is going to be popping very soon. So I actually entered a, a trade that I'm just going to sit there and leave for a while 
out and take some profit on Cardano because I do believe here within the next couple of weeks, something's going to pop off. Uh, they've been boring recently. That means they're working. Yeah. And some news is going to break and Cardano's yeah. going to do something nice. Hashtag Ada Gang. And by the way, we have one final super chat before we dive here into our next segment by OMAC. He said, how can I schedule a private call with you three gentlemen? That's a great question because we actually have a webinar coming up on the 29th where you can be in a private call with us three gentlemen, myself, Tim, and Smay. So if you guys want to get into a private call with us, you can join our webinar. There's only 50 seats and you guys will be able to talk to us and you'll be able to ask us any questions that you guys have. We're going to go for quite a long time. It's always a lot of fun. This will be, I think it's either the third or the fourth one that we've done. We always have a phenomenal time. In fact, Kelly, who is now on staff with us, we met him through the webinar. So, you know, join the webinar. You never know what's going to happen. We always have a lot of fun over there. With that said, we're going to dive back into the technicals because we do have some bearish stuff that we want to look at. And by the way, again, remember this MasterCard news, really big. We're going to talk about this a little bit more here in a little bit. Tim, can you be reading up on that to kind yeah, of just that's give like been, a I've been kind of two, three minute rundown here knowledge. later on in the segment? Yep. First thing I want to show you guys shows up over here on Bitcoin's daily chart. The first thing to point out is the fact that, well, it's not anymore, but uh, we were having bearish divergence on the MACD on Bitcoin. But since we've rallied about $400 since we wrote this note about an hour ago, Bitcoin has actually started to reverse and is converging bullish. What did we see? We saw a bearish MACD cross on the MACD for Bitcoin. And one of the notes I was going to tell you guys is that I'm not really that scared of that because we actually saw the exact same thing happen over here in the end of November when we hit all-time high last. If you just take a look here at our chart, then you can see that previously, the previous all-time high we broke, we had a bearish cross right when we started trading sideways before we finally broke $20,000 and rallied to all-time high. We saw the same thing happen. So I'm not concerned about this. I just deleted my MACD by accident. Let's get that back. But I do want you guys to know that there was a MACD bearish cross. It looks like it might be reversing into a bullish cross again relatively soon. So this is technically a bearish note, but it's already becoming a bullish note. So, you know, do with that what you will. Because the market's so bullish right now, we're kind of having to wing our bearish technicals because they're there's frankly not a lot of them. The other thing I want to show you here is that there was a red dot on the Lux Oscillator. If you take a look here at Lux Oscillator, this thing is actually a really good indication. It normally gives you a pretty solid idea of when the market has ended a rally. For example, if we look here at when Lux Oscillator started to converge, it literally happened a day after we started this downtrend. We do have a red dot right here, which red dots do not show up very often on the market. In fact, we've only seen two in the last six months. One of them actually predicted the May crash here, and then another one actually predicted this little drop right here. So the Lux Oscillator is a very good indicator. And we do have a red signal right now coming from it. Again, guys, if you want to get access to Lux Algo and everything that comes along with that indicator pack, there is a link down below. You can use coupon code Jeb, J-E-B-B, for 20 bucks off at checkout. But one of the most bearish things that we can't really skew any other way is that the volume is very low right now on Bitcoin. Just take a look at this. Last three days, volume has been garbage. It has been in the dumpster kind of low, guys. We have not seen volume this low for this long in quite some time. In fact, the last time that I can compare anything to it was right before we hit the local high over here, actually. Low volume has a lot of different implications, and I'm going to put kind of a pin in that for a second because we're actually going to discuss that low volume here in a second. But for now, I just want you to know that it is something that is happening. Now, the other thing that is kind of glaring on the daily chart slash four-hourly chart for Bitcoin is that there's this head and shoulders pattern forming. I mentioned it earlier. It's kind of hard to ignore. This head and shoulders pattern is actually quite bearish. And this head and shoulders pattern, I have all this charting over here. Let me get a clean chart for you guys, make this a little simpler for you. This head and shoulders pattern 
actually has a price target, as you can see by drawing from our top to our bottom, has a price target of $52,600. And $52,600 is a pretty interesting level because that's actually the level that we rallied to before. So $52,600 could end up being a level of support. In fact, if we draw a Fibonacci uh, extension zone, that's about halfway all the way back down to the bottom down here around 40,000. Now, I just want to be clear on something. I personally don't think that we're going to follow through on this head and shoulders pattern. I don't think we're going to go down to 52 to 53, but I also want to be clear on something that it is possible. Just because I think it's not going to happen doesn't mean that it won't happen. It can happen. That's what you got to understand about technical analysis. Technical analysis is what we call a game of statistics and probabilities. You never work in certainties. There's no such thing as Bitcoin is going to do X or Ethereum is going to do Y. There is such thing, however, as based on this analysis, there is a 67% chance that Bitcoin will do X. Or based on that analysis, there is a 42% chance that Ethereum will do Y. Right now, there's a very high chance, in my opinion, that Bitcoin is going to hold $58,000 to $60,000 of support. And we're going to keep trading sideways for a week or two. And then we're going to break all time high. And we're going to go into a big rally. But there is that chance, maybe 10 to 20% chance that Bitcoin does follow through on that head and shoulders pattern and pulls back down here to its support level. The good news is this price target lining up with the support level means that, hey, if we do need to come all the way down to 53,000 before we blast off, it actually would not be a bad thing. Why? Because we turn previous resistance into current support. So if we do pull all the way back down to 53, it would actually be a good thing for Bitcoin because it would reconfirm our previous resistance as support. That is a classic sign of a bull market. That is a classic sign of an uptrend. So I would not be scared if Bitcoin does that. I'd actually be quite happy. But for right now, it is definitely a bearish thing. Now, another thing to show you here on the four-hourly chart, I'm going to show you a volume. I'm going to show you volume again just because there are more details here. You can see the 20 moving average that goes through our volume here has been declining ever since the 21st of October. For four days, volume's been going down, and it is pitifully, pitifully low right now. We're going to talk about why that might actually be a bullish thing here in a little bit, but for right now, it is just something that you need to know. Now, on top of that, uh, if we take a look here at the, uh, the MACD, actually, is something I want to show you. MACD on hourly chart, I believe is where I saw this. Let me pull this up. Down here on the hourly chart, MACD looks to be constricting bearish. It looks like the MACD is moving in the direction of having a bearish cross. Now, this may or may not come to pass. We've seen many times where MACD looks like it's going to have a cross, and then it doesn't. The fact is, MACD is still bullish, but it is converging on itself ever since about midnight last night. So keep a look at that down here on the hourly chart. If it does something, then we will keep you up to date. Now, one final thing down here, Lux Oscillator is having a reversal show up in the last hour on Lux Oscillator. That does signal that we might be coming towards the top here, which makes a lot of sense because if you guys didn't watch about 10 minutes ago, I showed you we're sitting right at very critical resistance around 63,000, and we have not confidently broken it just yet, so we need to be aware of that. Now, with that said, I want to go back out to daily chart, show you guys some more Lux Algo indications. If we look here at Lux Algo and we look at its reversal zones on the daily chart, you guys will see that we actually pushed pretty deep into the reversal zones right here. These reversal zones are actually really helpful. You can see we use them right over here. We use them right over here. Pretty helpful to get an idea of when the market is overextended. You can see we touched them right up here, but we're actually getting kind of close back to them. The reversal zone, the bottom of the reversal zone is sitting at 67, so we're pretty high up here. We're nowhere near the support zone. We want to see that support zone come up, but the point here with this is that Lux Algo is telling us, hey, yeah, we've had a correction, but even still, we're actually very overextended, and the market is very bullish, but it wouldn't be a bad idea to see to, a bad idea to see some more sideways movement. That's why I'm saying, hey, some sideways movement or even some bearish movement would be a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It is a good thing. Now, another thing down here on the four hourly chart has to do with the trend catcher. You guys know this is one of my favorite parts of Lux Algo. 
It is this little line right here. This trend catcher is bearish right now, but it's actually potentially going to flip bullish. I mentioned this earlier, but I'm going to show you it again. If this does turn green, that will be a very good sign that we're moving into an uptrend. This doesn't actually flip very often. It doesn't have a whole lot of false signals. It's got a couple of little small ones here and there, but in general, it's a pretty solid signal. If this flips green, great. For right now, though, it is red, and that does mean that until that changes, we are in a confirmed downtrend. We've seen a buy signal, which is great, but I want to see this reversal, uh, this um, trend catcher come here and reverse as well. Now, another thing down here on the one hourly chart, I can show you this as well. The one hourly chart, uh, let's let it load, is bullish right now, but there has been quite a bit of bearishness over the last several hours, uh, over the last several days on the trend catcher, which is not necessarily the most bullish thing. So here is the bearish argument for Bitcoin right now. Let's go ahead and put this all together. The bearish argument for Bitcoin right now is that volume's low, we're in a head and shoulders pattern, and we tried to break all-time high and we failed. That's the bearish argument. It's a pretty compelling argument, right? Just on the surface, that seems like, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Inverse, uh, excuse me, head and shoulders pattern predicts $53,000 Bitcoin volumes low, so we're probably not going to hold support. We saw Bitcoin break all-time high. We saw this great news about the Bitcoin ETF, and we didn't manage to break out. Kind of makes a lot of sense right now that Bitcoin would go down to $53,000, right? It's a valid argument. I'm not saying it's not a valid argument. In fact, I'm not even saying it's not going to happen. But I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I get, I, I'm not saying it can't happen, but I am going to say I don't think it's going to happen, I suppose is the way I should phrase that. The fact is, Bitcoin just underwent a $25,000, $26,000, $27,000 rally. It makes a lot of sense that we'd have some bearish technicals up here. So the bears right now that are making that argument saying, hey, we're low on volume. Hey, these bearish technicals are showing up. Hey, we had an inverse, uh, we had a head and shoulders pattern. Hey, we, didn't we broke all-time high and didn't manage to get through it. I say to all those bears, pause. Every time we break a long-standing um, all-time high, it takes time to break out. If we look at 2020, which is the one I've referenced quite a bit, it took us three weeks to break out. But you can see right here, it took us 22 days after we hit all-time high to finally break it. But not just that. Let's look back here in some more history. The previous long-standing all-time high for Bitcoin before 20000 was $1,200. If you take a look at $1,200 right here, take a look at how hard it was for Bitcoin to break through that. We tested $1,200 on the 4th of January. It took us all the way until the 17th of April. April, 100 days later, before we finally confidently broke $1,200. So Bitcoin breaking a long-standing all-time high is not something that's very easy. It's not something that happens immediately. It is something that takes a little bit of tribulation. We've gotten used to Bitcoin rallying super, 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 super fast, and now we get impatient when it doesn't do it. I say to the bears, yes, you have a case. I think your case is weak, though, based on historical precedent. So with that said, let's go ahead and read some more Super Chats. And guys, if you're enjoying today's stream, please consider liking the video and subscribing to the channel if you think we're providing you value. It helps to support our channel. We're about to hit 200,000 subscribers, likely next week. So if you want to subscribe and get access to more content like this, I definitely encourage it. There we go. We got one from Hussein Sardar saying, what are your exit strategies for Ethereum? When should I be taking profits and should I withdraw all of my Ethereum? No to that last question. I don't think that we should, in my opinion, and again, this is all opinion. I'm not a financial advisor. Do not consider anything I'm saying here financial advice. I do encourage you to get financial advice from a CPA. Uh, I'm not your financial advisor. That's the, that's the disclosure. I'm going to answer that last part of the question first. I don't think personally that you should sell all of your Ethereum. Why? Bitcoin and Ethereum are very young projects. Bitcoin's been around for 13 years. It was first mined on January 3rd, 2009. 
Uh, Ethereum has been around for even less time than that, around six, seven, eight years. I forget the exact day when Ethereum was first created, but it's not even a decade old. These are revolutionary technologies. Bitcoin is going to revolutionize finance, and Ethereum is going to revolutionize pretty much everything about the internet. Like These are $10 trillion projects in both regards. I think both of them will be worth over $10 trillion in the future. That would put Ethereum well north of $100,000 based on its current supply, and I'd put Bitcoin well north of a million. I don't think it's a good idea to sell everything right now. I think it's always a good idea to hold some in what we call our investing portfolio. That is something that you put back and you say, I am going to hold this forever or indefinitely is the better way to put it. I am going to hold this. I am not going to sell this. I don't care if the bull market hits the all-time high. I'm not going to touch it. That's what my philosophy has been so far. I bought the dips. I've never sold the tops. That being said, that's not for everybody. Some people want to sell the tops and that's okay. If you're looking to exit Ethereum, I personally think that we're going to see a much bigger rally above all-time high on Bitcoin and Ethereum in the next couple of months. I don't know when exactly it's going to be. I don't know exactly how far it's going to go. But based on everything that I'm seeing from my daily TA and daily news reading here, I think that there's a quite a bit more room to run. I think that if you sold now, you'd be shooting yourself in the foot and you would not be happy about it come three months. A thing that I always remind people is... What would your decision? How would you look at your decision today if you look back 20 years from now? So I'm 21, and if I'm 41 years old, and I look back and I say, "What? I made this decision. Am I happy with this decision from my 41-year-old perspective?" Me selling Ethereum right now, and I'm 41. I'm looking back. I'm going to say, "Hell no! I'm not happy about that because Ethereum went to 500 grand, you know, or whatever it goes to." Um, so that's the way that I like to look at these things personally. Yeah. Uh, we have one from uh, Big Chief Toilet Paper. Okay. Uh, grand rising, fellas. Jeb, can you go over the different chart time frames as it relates to swing trading? Examples, five minute, 15 minute, one hour, four hour, eight hour, and one day. Thanks. Well, swing trading, generally speaking, is talking about trading between like one to three weeks. Swing trading, you're generally trading the biggest movements in the markets that are not bull markets and bear markets. So bull markets, bear markets, they typically last longer than a year. They're the primary trends. You zoom out on the monthly chart, you're going to see them. Hmm. That's what a primary trend is. Those are uh, that's what a bull market bear market cycle is. Swing trading is one step below that. So that's like the trends that you're going to see down on the daily and the weekly chart. When you're talking about swing trading, you're not talking about the one minute. Down there, you're talking about either intra uh, in, uh, intra day trading, uh, excuse me, inter day trading. Or I'm sorry, intraday trading. I always get those two prefixes mixed up. Intraday trading, or you're talking about scalping. Those are the terms that I typically see thrown around down there. If you're talking about swing trading, you're generally talking about something a little bit longer term. Okay. We have one from Crypto Alchemist saying, close or hold my long with a stop loss at 53750 k Thanks for all you guys do see you on Friday. So he was questioning, should I close or hold my long with a stop loss? I think you should always have a stop loss open. I'm not sure I completely understand the question. So I think what he's saying is, should he go ahead and close now? Should he take his profits or should he leave it open and just put a stop loss at 53,700? Oh, in my opinion, it depends. If it's a leverage trade, I'm not even going to answer that. If it's just a position, I obviously have a stop loss in, in any part of your trading portfolio investment. Like I wouldn't worry about a stop loss in your investment portfolio, but anything you're trading on exchange, I would have a stop loss. It, that, that's a really specific question. It's hard for me to give you good hmm. counsel on that without getting into actual financial advice territory. Gotcha. I'm going to try to rush through a couple of these. We got one from Fidel. Va- oh, here we go. I think I've had the problem with this one before. Vaquariza. Vaquariza? Fidel Vaquariza. Vaquariza. The four-hour chart of Link is pure happiness. Oh, yeah, I bet it is. Let me... uh... 
Yeah, cool. I'm sure. gonna look at that real quick while you're saying something. Well, I know one. we have we had another one that came in. It just hasn't been copy and pasted on my chart. I mean, look for it. Oh yeah, Link's doing well. Shout out to the Link Marines. You guys are happy right now. Just a like two second technical analysis on Link. Link is in a giant symmetrical triangle pattern right now and is trying to break bullish. If it does break bullish, look for a price target of 35. If it breaks 35, look for an all time high run. Boom. There's your two second technicals on on chain Link. <laughs> uh, real quick, to uh, Ethan Triplett said, what percentage should my investment portfolio be compared to my trading portfolio that completely depends on your experience yeah. and your desire to trade so if you are like a crypto face of the world and you're trading 10 million bucks and you are like a god at trading sure have like 60 70 80 percent of your money in your trading portfolio and then trade at like 10 percent of that portfolio at a time in my opinion the amount of your portfolio that should be in your trading portfolio as compared to your investment portfolio has to do with your experience and has to do with your desires so for me the overwhelming majority of my money is in my investment portfolio because my desire is to allow it to accrue and allow it to build. Mm -hmm. If you're somebody who wants to day trade and you want to be trading a bunch and you have a bunch of experience, then you might want to have like 80% of your money in your trading portfolio. I just encourage you to always have both of those portfolios. Gotcha. Last one I see here from Justin Poole saying, hey, Jeb, curious, how come you have people buy Bitcoin when the first when first into crypto instead of the cheaper alts that can make more money since it can double quicker, such as ADA or Ethereum, and then you wanted to go go Blazers, hashtag go Blazers, hashtag boo Celtics. Two reasons. Number one, I think it's the smarter decision to buy Bitcoin first. I don't think it's a good idea to bot to um I don't think it's a good idea to buy anything other than Bitcoin when you first start. I bought Litecoin when I first started, so I'm one to talk. But I think it's important that, that people learn how Bitcoin works so that they can use that as a foundation to understand how the rest of crypto works. But also, too, I think a lot of people just don't know about the other altcoins. They just don't, they're not familiar with them. And a lot of the other altcoins are more complicated to get into. And you guys got to realize it might not be for us because we've been in crypto so long, but crypto is actually really complicated. And a lot of people just don't understand how it works. So I think yeah. a lot of people get into Bitcoin because as simple as it seems to us, it's actually pretty complicated to people that are new here. So with that said, Tim, I have a question for you as we move into our final segment here. We've set $60,000 seemingly as a new floor. Do you think the market is confident in that bottom or do you think we're going to go lower? I think it is, and I want to. I want to preface by the way for everyone who's like, "Oh no, I thought you just said we're going down to 53." The case that Jeb was making was that if we drop below 60 and we start hanging down to 53, you shouldn't just freak out and be like, "Oh no, are we in a bear market?" It, it, because there are points that say that that's still a healthy level. But as far as what I actually think will happen. No, I think 60 is actually a great level to be bouncing off of. I, and again, I, I I think when we talked about this last week, I think this is all part of the plan. We retest previous all-time high. We break barely through it. We, we come back down a little bit. We settle. We build up more momentum. We get more people involved. And then we continue to shoot. And I, I think we're going to see some pretty quick movement uh, back up to uh, or not back up to, sorry, rather on the way to 100,000. By the way, also, you don't even need to go to my chart to see this. Remember I said when we need a healthy rally, we need to come back and touch the 20, either EMA or SMA. Look at what this price did. If you're on the daily chart, it came back down on the Bollinger Bands and it retested that 20. That's exactly what we needed. So from what I'm looking at, I think we did everything we needed to for a healthy rally. And I think that we're probably going to be seeing a, a good rally coming very soon. Yeah, no, I think that what we're seeing right now is incredibly healthy. And I, 
And and here's the deal, guys. The market was, if we look at my screen right now, the market kind of found some security around forty to forty-five thousand dollars earlier on this year. And right now, it kind of looks like on the shorter term, the market is finding security around sixty thousand dollars. The market might even have to drop as low as fifty-three thousand dollars. Again, I don't think that's what's likely, but it's possible. In the same way that Bitcoin found comfort right here back in August around forty-six thousand, and then it had to drop all the way down to forty thousand before continuing the rally. We might see something similar here, where Bitcoin finds comfort at sixty, but then it wants to back test down, and then we rally. Something like that could repeat itself. Yeah. Um, but the fact is, no matter what you say, it looks to me like Bitcoin has found a new floor between fifty and sixty thousand dollars. It has not found a new floor above sixty-five thousand yet, but I think that that's around the corner, and we're going to see it come in the next couple of months. And it's really important that we understand. Hey, the market is continually growing. The market is continuing to set higher floors. The market is continuing to uh, grow in bullishness. The market is continuing to grow in fundamentals. The market is continuing to grow in hash rate. The market is yada, 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 yada. You can say that for the next 20 minutes and add a different piece of news, fundamentals, or technicals, or on-chains, and you're going to be very good. Now, Tim, yeah. I want to ask you another question. If the market is so bullish right now, why is there no volume? Yeah, and this was going to be kind of my follow-up question to what I just answered. Full Great screen. point. Uh, we talked about this this morning beforehand. How many times have we compared what's happening right now to a tug of war, especially when we hit these levels where we seem to bounce and move sideways? It's it's a tug of war match. Here is the thing. After a hard, hard, hard pull, you got to recover. So what I think we saw happen was we saw the bulls have a massive amount of momentum, got us above all time high. But at the end of the day, they needed to rest. They had just pulled really hard. They had just exhausted a lot of energy. So it's kind of the bear's turn. That happens in tug of war sometimes. Sometimes the rope goes back and forth. The bears made a hard pull. They used their energy. But what happened? They could only get the price back to about 60000 Now they're tired and they have to recover. So when I'm looking at this low volume... I actually, what I see is a lot of people who have already put a lot of their money that they have to put into the market, they put it in, now they want to see what's happening. So the fact that we see low volume and the price increasing actually tells me that we're sitting in a place where both the bulls and the bears are a little tired, but yet when it's boring and there's not a lot happening, the price is going up, that's bullish. I think the bears are the ones who are more tired, the bulls are getting close to recovering, getting ready to go again, which is why I think we're actually going to see a price to the upside, and I think that this low volume is nothing to be afraid about. Yeah, I don't think the volume is anything to be scared of either. I think the reason that the volume is low is because well, look, guys, you got to realize when the volume's low, it means the market's sideways. It means the market has found equilibrium. Again, I said earlier, that's going to be kind of the word of this stream is equilibrium. The market, in my opinion, right now is finding equilibrium. What does that mean? It means that it's kind of finding, where is it in homeostasis? Where is it happy? Where does the market like to be? The market right now seems to like to be around 60 to 65,000. We see that by the last 10 days of trading. When we try to go below 60,000, get bought up. When we try to go above 65,000, get sold. Right now, because there's no volume, it seems to to me that the market has found security right here at 60 to 65,000. Now, that's a very good thing. Why? Because it means that we're laying a foundation for our ability to rally further to the upside. But, Tim, I also want to ask you another question having similar, uh, having to do with that. Mm-hmm. We just saw Bitcoin ETFs launch last week. People have been looking for Bitcoin ETFs for years, and albeit they're, ca- they're, uh, fit, they're, um, uh, they're uh, uh, cash back, they're not Bitcoin settled. But do you think that there's a lot of apprehension around these Bitcoin ETFs launching? Do you think that might be one of the reasons that we haven't broken above all-time high? Do you think well, no, that I, people yeah, would be more likely to break, uh, that the market would break above all-time high if people were more confident in these ETFs? Well, remember, we talked about this, the ETFs, just because you get into it, doesn't just automatically move the price. Yeah. You know, these are futures options, which means they're not actually buying Bitcoin. They're, they're, it, 
instead of playing the game, they just bought tickets to go watch the game. So the ETFs would never have raised the price unless what it causes to do is the banks or the centralized systems that you know are offering these ETFs, they buy more so that they have more in their hands to attract more customers. So I'm not surprised that the price is not moving necessarily too much around ETFs. We do usually see a price increase coming after it, after it happens, but we're only a week old. Like it, this is not that much time. And what we're seeing today, the price is slowly rising and we see another ETF probably about to launch. I don't think that it has a necessarily a direct correlation to the price increase. It has a more indirect approach and it's going to happen. It's just a slower process. And just because ETFs just got launched doesn't mean the price of Bitcoin just explodes. You have to get people People interested, which is why this MasterCard news, I think, is the bigger thing, because now yeah. you're telling me I can earn reward points instead of just getting points on my card. I can now turn that directly into Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. That excites me. That's incredible. Yeah. And guys, that's just another one of these big bullish stories that we've been looking at. Tim, I have one final question for yes. you here. What was your response yesterday when you found out the channel got deleted? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think I got uh, a text at like four in the morning. Four. I got a call at four in the morning. Yeah, so it was, it was like about 420 four. or something. By Shannon? Shannon tried to yeah, call Shannon me. Shannon called me. Yeah. I so, almost didn't pick up the phone. I am so glad I did. So I would say, you know, when you see the message, because I think Kelly's the one that pointed it out. Kelly was in the group chat and then Shannon is getting on it. There's probably like, you know, that 5% of you like, what if this is legit? Like, what if something really did happen and we're done? And it scares you, especially someone like me. And I'm, I'm seeing I'm delayed. So I just saw my eye rub. Sorry for all that. That was weird. Uh uh, my wife and I both work for this company. So if that had been legit, if that had been real, that's a pretty uh, hard you know, throat punch. Yeah. Uh, that would have crushed us. But at the same time, I was like, okay, we just saw this happen to BitBoy and we saw it happen to MM Crypto. And it's, you know, we've seen it happen to a couple other crypto. Yeah. There's a part of me that's just like, okay, it's, it's a glitch. You know, we have something going on. It's going to get fixed. We have, a, we have a Shannon. So, you know, uh, I trust, uh, in Shannon, I trust, you know, and I, Shannon, I we Shannon trust. would get this working again. <laughs> so, no, I wasn't really that freaked out. Yeah, no, I, I, I told you guys kind of my reaction to it in yesterday's video. By the way, that video has 53,000 views now. If you haven't watched yesterday's video, definitely go watch it. I kind of break down my reaction to it. But I got a call from Shannon at four, th- at four in the morning and I was sitting there like, oh, I don't want to answer that because I wanted to get up at six o'clock in the morning and go run the stadium, which by the way, I ran every single step. Thank you very much. I was so excited about that. Had a lot of fun. My calves are on fire right now, but that's beside the point. But I got a call from him. I'm like, if I take this, then I'm not going to be able to get up in the morning and go run the stadium because it's going to screw up my sleep and knowing me, I'm not going to get out of bed. But I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I am on call 24-7. I'm the chief executive officer of this company. If a chief marketing officer is calling me at four o'clock in the morning, I got to wake up and I got to call, I got to answer that because I'm sure it's important. So he called me and he, so Shannon picks up the phone. He, he calls me and he goes, uh, Jeb, the channel's been deleted. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, the channel's been deleted. And Shannon is just the kind of guy, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. You guys probably don't know Shannon that well. He's been on screen, on screen a couple times. He's a marketing officer. He doesn't sugarcoat crap. He'll be like, yeah, boom, this just happened. I'm like, oh, gosh. So freaked me out a little bit, but I was really at peace with it. No, and the other thing about it was I'm also just not a fear monger person. Yeah. Like, I just learned in life, uh, you know, and I watched Jeb's video yesterday, which was amazing. If you have not seen that video, 
from someone who's not Jeb, because I know Jeb, you know, he made the video, so obviously he like thinks like it was one of my favorite crypto Jeb videos I've watched. Oh, thank you, Tim. I appreciate uh, so, that. So, but I I have just gone through so many rough things in life, and yep. and here's the thing: I know there's lots of people. I think we estimated there's more than sixty percent of our audience is not U.S. Yep. But this kind of goes to anyone who's in the United States. You know, the blessing of being in the United States, the blessing of having what we have. Guys, I've I've been let go from jobs. I've had times where it's like, man, there's there's actually darn near close to negative in my bank account. Yep. I've been there. I have never the the faithfulness of God to pull me through. Amen. The faithfulness of God to pull people. I I've have friends that don't even believe in him, that have nothing to do with him, and I've watched his faithfulness to them mm-hmm. that you know, they, you can look at a situation and think the absolute worst about it. But if you ever just stop, remove yourself, look at it from like a 30,000 foot view, man, look at everything in your life when you thought it was at its end and now where you are. Like there's not there's not anything in this world that is worth destroying yourself simply based off of fear. When there's a lot of results, when there's a lot of things, hey, I'm not saying don't go do hard work when your back's against the wall. When you when it looks like your company might have just crashed, I'm not saying don't do work. Yeah. But what does it help to have, be a fear monger and to yeah. just freak out Doesn't and to anything. go ballistic? No, keep your peace. Remember the hardships you've been through yep. and remember what pulled you through. If it's if it's not God for you guys, listen, for us it's it's definitely Jesus Christ our savior. If it's not, think of something else. What has pulled you through? Yep. And remember, hey, the best way to move forward is actually to keep my head, to stay calm, and just put in the work. Yeah, and somebody commented on yesterday's video something that I think will stay with me for the rest of my life, and I don't say that lightly because yesterday was... Yesterday, when that happened, literally something happened in my brain and something changed. I am a different man today than I was on Friday when you last saw me on Coffee and Crypto. Something happened that night when I realized everything I have worked for for the last four years, this YouTube channel, gone. And I realized I wasn't panicked. I wasn't freaking out. I wasn't anxious. I was working to fix it. I submitted the form. I talked to somebody with YouTube customer service, which by the way, everyone I speak to at YouTube was phenomenal and incredibly kind. So I don't endorse any kind of hatred towards YouTube. Yes, I think that there should not be the ability for an artificial intelligence to delete a YouTube channel. I agree that they shouldn't be able to do that. But everyone I spoke to at YouTube was incredibly helpful. I just want to make the cards clear on that. But I realized somebody said in the chat, uh, in the comments of yesterday's video, that Jeb, that was your Mount Moriah moment. If you guys don't know the story of Mount Moriah, that's when Abraham, I'll let you guys read the story. And he really just kind of found out, man, how far am I willing to go? Am I willing to give up everything for my faith? And I realized that yesterday. And uh, just figured I'd share that because it meant a whole lot to me. With that said, guys, if you enjoyed today's stream, consider liking the stream and also consider subscribing. We're going to be hitting 200,000 subscribers, hopefully in the next week and a half, hopefully on to 300 by the end of the year. And if you guys have not signed up yet for the webinar, you definitely need to. The link is in the description. You don't want to miss it. You're going to be able to hear from us. And if you'd like to hear more about the story that happened over the weekend, you're more than welcome to talk about it there. I'm going to hand it off to Tim, and then we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, I just want to appreciate the super chats that came in. We're not probably going to We'll read all of them. Uh, we'll read them, but I'm, I don't think we're going to give a detailed answer. Shane Wood said, why has ADA been moving sideways for so long? It's getting crushed now by BNB and Solana. Is it about to flip it? We kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, Shane, but long, you know, sh- uh, long story short, 
I don't don't escape Cardano. This would Great be one of those project. things. If you leave Cardano now, that's exactly you know that's just what's going to happen. It's like as soon as you leave, that's what Cardano's going to arrive. Yeah, seriously. Uh, you know. So, but thank you so that. much for the donation, Howard. Just want to say thanks, and he gave two hundred dollars. So thank you so much, Howard. Thank you, Howard. Um, well, we had one more. I think Justin Poole said thank you for the clarification. Appreciate all you guys do. God bless. Really liked your video yesterday. P.S. May twelve oh four. The Blazers will crush us at home. <laughs> Got a little friendly competition going on. Oof. And I want to make sure I'm going back to the chat to make sure. What's it with the Blazers else. fans today? Good grief! <laughs> I think I think that is all we have from super chats. So I will again give it back to you, Jeb, and we're well, good to go. There you go, guys. If you enjoyed today's show, like I said, like the video if you like the video. Subscribe to the channel if you want to have more content, and consider hitting that post notification bell so you'll be updated every time we go live. By the way, this is really important, especially considering what happened yesterday. Go follow our social media at Crypto Jeb on Instagram and Twitter. They're growing quickly, and if something ever does happen to YouTube, our fallback are our social media platforms. So make sure that you go and follow us there because if our YouTube channel goes down again, we're not stopping content. We're not just going to disappear. We're going to continue. We're going to keep calm and we're going to carry on as the British say. We ain't going anywhere but we need your support on our social medias and also make sure to follow us on our TikTok. It's growing quickly and that's probably going to be one of the places we fall back to if anything ever happens. So make sure to follow us over there at CryptoJab Official on TikTok. Guys, all I got for you today. Before I go, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching as always and I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. Oh, I got a real good Hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacV Media.